contentment on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. One of those problems that we all struggle with to one degree or another is the issue of contentment. Paul raises this issue in the scriptures in Philippians. Uh, He talks about contentment as something that he has learned. Now, I find that interesting because the Apostle Paul is talking about circumstances that he has dealt with. He's encouraged us previously in the chapter in Philippians chapter 4 to rejoice, and now he's telling us that he has learned how to be content. Remember, he's writing this from prison, and as he's talking about this idea of contentment, He's contrasting it with several things. Now, this is where this becomes very practical for all of us. We're moving into this season of Thanksgiving. This has to be one of my favorite times of the year. I love the cool breeze uh, when it begins to blow during the fall. I love the celebration of the holidays. Uh, I love everything about this time of year, but... We have to remember, for many folks, this is a very difficult time of year uh, where families are getting together. Uh, Maybe folks uh, who joined us at family meetings will not be at this year's family meeting for one reason or another. Maybe death is the cause of a person not being around this holiday season. could be conflict. It could be a number of different things. Uh, The point is, is that many of us are reminded of the different ways in which we struggle with this issue of thankfulness, this issue of contentment. Now, I want us to work through a, a couple of these issues when we think about counseling. Of course, when we're dealing with formal situations and we have people who are describing different issues that they might have, We can go to the scriptures, we can help discern uh, some of the problems that people may have and and help them work through some of these issues of ingratitude or not being thankful uh, about certain dispositions or aspects of their life uh, if their life is not going well. But this time of year, we're going to be interacting with lots of people on a more surface level, on a more informal level. How is it that we can be ministers of the gospel uh, as we go about our daily lives through these holiday meetings? I want us to think a little bit about how you can take some of these principles from the Scripture in a counseling setting that's much more informal, where we can be an encouragement to people. Now, if we think about this, obviously this is a struggle that we all have, especially in a first-world country uh, like the United States of America, where we feel entitled about several things. We think we are owed certain things. This is a part of our culture where when something doesn't go our way or we get stopped at a traffic light or the mall is busy, we start to get very discontented in so many aspects of our life. I want us to look at a couple of things in this book of Philippians. Uh, as I remind you that Paul is writing this from, from prison. One of the things that he says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, is he encourages us to do everything without grumbling or complaining. Now, when we think about grumbling or complaining, he gives a qualification to do everything without grumbling or complaining. So that means everywhere we go, everything that we do, 
Uh, we're to have this particular disposition, and the opposite of the disposition that we're to have is grumbling and complaining. Now, I can recall in my days as a, as a minister of the gospel in a local church, dealing with young people, and this is one of my favorite verses to remind them of consistently. Guys, do everything without grumbling or complaining, but we need to think about the disposition that we ought to have as followers of the Lord Jesus. So many things that Paul reminds us that we are to be grateful for. But this disposition is easy to recognize, in part because we're all quite experienced at it. When you think about grumbling and complaining, what in the world is grumbling? I mean, this would be the the quiet murmurs that we have, or this secret disposition of displeasure. And we feel this, uh, especially this time of year, of certain things um, that we want but do not have or we feel like we can't have. And then this other aspect in Philippians 2.14 of complaining. Do you find yourself grumbling and complaining about your current situation? Do you see others around you also doing the same? What about even in your own family? These are ways in which we can raise the standard in our communication with uh, people we're in close proximity with, people that we have good relationship with, where we can encourage them to have the disposition that Paul is talking about here to stay away from grumbling and complaining. Now, as he further develops this in the book uh, of Philippians, he's going to contrast this with the idea of rejoicing. And he mentions this idea of rejoicing several times. I think it's eight times throughout this book of Philippians, and he develops it maybe most in the final chapter in Philippians chapter Four And as we look at Philippians chapter 4, a couple of things to keep in mind as he encourages us to rejoice, Philippians uh, chapter 4, verse 4, where he's reminding us about how we are to rejoice in the Lord always, and again he says we are to rejoice. Now notice that that's right before a primary teaching that we talk about all the time about anxiety, where the Scriptures call us, Paul here is calling us through the Holy Spirit He's writing, inspired by God, to encourage us not to be anxious about anything. Now, I want us to bring this together, and what it helps us to understand is the call of God is that we live with an attitude of rejoicing that's more of a frame of our soul. It's a frame of our spirit. It's like our our primary disposition uh, as those who have been called by God and redeemed by His blood uh, made alive by His Spirit, that there's a primary disposition of being, uh, of rejoicing and of being content in whatever situation that we find ourselves in. But in contrast, what Paul has helped us to understand is there are a couple of ways in which we see symptoms uh, coming out of us that happen in attitude or actions or body language or words that we say that would be an opposite of this disposition that should accompany those who believe. Those things in opposition would be things like grumbling, things like complaining, things like being anxious. And notice when he's describing this in Philippians chapter 4 and following, he gives this contrast of that which is our normal disposition and rejoicing uh, with that of anxiety. And then he finishes that section up with telling us what we should think on that is true, and that those true things should lead us in the direction of learning how to rejoice and learning how to be content. And in the process of doing so, what's being crushed would be grumbling, complaining, and anxiety. Now, I find that interesting. I'll give you an example of the way that I use this in uh, normal daily life, even in my own house. 
Uh, I have six kids. There's a lot of chatter that goes on in my house on a daily basis. And it's not occasional, unfortunately, where we see uh, lots of bickering, sometimes grumbling and complaining. And it's not always the kids. Sometimes it might be uh, my wife and I where we struggle with this issue of grumbling and complaining. And one of the things that we'll do is we'll pause in that moment and ask my kids, should we be grumbling about those things? Should we be complaining with all that the Lord has done for us in this particular moment? And we'll just pause for a second. Maybe they've said something against one of their siblings, and and I'll say, you know what? Uh, You've just said something that has torn your sibling down. Uh, Would you say three things that you appreciate about them? Would you give me three things that you are grateful for about them? What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to change the way that they're seeing that scenario. I'm trying to help them to see the disposition that we're called to is to see good in others, not to grumble and complain about their situation. And that's a common practice that that we try and do, at least in the house. And one of the things that we've found out is it really begins this disposition of contentment, this disposition of thankfulness or gratitude. We begin to look at each other with the ways in which we're thankful for the other person, what they do. Yeah, they're they're flawed people, but we have a way in which we see them where we see them through a lens of gratitude and thankfulness and being contented with our relationship with them. Now, interestingly, if we go back to Philippians chapter 4, and I want you to think about this in ways that you can apply this personally, but also as a counselor and also during your time Uh, at Thanksgiving meals or during the holidays. Paul goes back to this in Philippians 4 after he tells us that we're to think on things that are true, right, just, noble, and of good report. And he gets to verse 10 and he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. In verse 11 he says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation that I am to be content. Now, when he says, I have learned, I find that interesting because if Paul is writing this at the end of his life when he's in prison, this is something that he's been in the process of doing for quite some time as a mature believer. We're not going to be perfect at this, and this is why we have to continually pursue mortifying those things at which we grumble and complain about, reminding ourselves, just as Paul does in this book of Philippians, of who we are in the Lord Jesus positionally and what he has done for us. And the response of that is that we learn to rejoice and be content. And should I remind you of all the things in Paul's life that God was using, the suffering Uh, and the struggle, the thorn in the flesh, all of these things that God was using in Paul's life to teach him these things. He, He says it was because of all those things that I have learned this disposition, which is consistent with those who trust in God. It's consistent with the disposition of those who can squelch grumbling and complaining because we see our life in Christ and how grateful we ought to be. Here he even says, in plenty or in want, uh, I've learned to be content. Now, I find that interesting because for us, this is uh, something that sometimes we as Christians think ought to just be simply automatic. Or maybe it's sometimes we think, uh, well, during this time of year, I'm thankful. Uh, Well, we should be reminded that a heart of contentment or a heart of gratitude is not a one-time act. 
It, it's not something that we do in a single moment where we feel this flood of emotions where we're thankful for this thing or that thing. Oftentimes, when we respond in that way, uh, we're not excited about who we are or God's providence at that moment. We're excited about what this particular thing or that thing could do for us. The idea of contentment here, Paul is saying, I'm not determined by the environment that's around me. He's saying, I've learned in my position in relation to who God is that I can be content no matter what the external environment is. Now, that's very different than the culture in which you and I live in, where we think it takes a perfect, pristine environment, nothing going bad around me for us to achieve some sort of contentment. But here Paul is making very clear that it's not the environment that actually dictates his emotional disposition, his internal frame of thinking. Rather, he says something very different. So what is this idea of contentment? This idea of contentment, Jeremiah Burroughs actually says, is freely submitting to and taking pleasure in God's judgment. The, the basic idea is simply this, that, that we're well pleased in what God does. We are contented with however God chooses to use our life in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Now, that doesn't happen by accident, that as life unfolds, as life occurs, just like it did for Paul. The fact that Paul had to learn this through the, the situations of his life demonstrates that he probably wasn't successful at it every time that he was in a bad scenario. What, what it demonstrates is though he was working through the process constantly when those bad situations would occur, that he was reminding himself that he is to rejoice always in the Lord. And in doing so, what he learned is that he could do this and be content and be thankful for all that God was and all that God had done in him, no matter the external situation. Can you just think for a second about how freeing that thought is that we are free from being determined by what someone else might do to me. We're free from being determined about another family member's attitude when we sit down to Thanksgiving dinner. That I am free in the Lord Jesus to respond in a way that's pleasing to him, that's contented with whatever situation I find myself in. Can I encourage you during this holiday season to have a disposition of gratitude? to have a disposition of contentment, that you would be in the process of working diligently to learn these things in the way in which Paul talks about this, that, that when you're tempted to grumble and complain, that maybe we would turn that around and come up with ways that we can rejoice in the Lord, that our eyes would be fixed upon Christ, thinking about all the ways in which we have to be thankful for all that he's done for us, seeing the good in what he allows, which is grace to us. And then in times where we find ourselves feeling anxious, that we can have a calmness in our soul, a quietness in our soul. Because that frame of reference in relation to Christ, knowing that it's not the external that dictates the person that I am, but the internal being at peace with uh, that I am satisfied in Christ and who He is. Uh, this changes the game. This changes the way that now I see everything. It doesn't matter if I'm hungry or facing plenty, whether I'm with or without, that we can find a place where we can be content and that God is providing all the things that we need. 
Now, a second way to think about that, not just personally, but now also in the ways in which you can take those truths and minister to those who you see during this season are in points of grumbling and complaining. Those who are maybe highly anxious about all kinds of various cares and concerns of the world, that you can encourage them that they are not in bondage to those external things if they are a believer in the Lord Jesus, that you can encourage them gently, kindly, and with compassion to remind them that the power of Christ that he has given to us by his Spirit, that we can learn in these difficult situations or points at which we want to grumble and complain, that we can learn to be content no matter what. You have an opportunity to minister in very mundane ways in the upcoming season. And so I want to encourage you during this week where we think about Thanksgiving that you would be mindful of the way in which God frees us from captivity of those things that are around us and the environment that we often succumb to. So would you be thankful during this season? Would you gratify Christ, honor Him as Lord as you learn to be content in whatever situation that you find yourself in. As we close out the end of this year, 2018, and we're coming closer to the time of uh, giving that we often celebrate, we have just released a blog on our website that uh, mentions 10 different resources that we're considering as nominations for counseling books of the year. And so right now, our members are voting on uh, which resource they have found most helpful and which one they would recommend most as the counseling book of the year or the counseling resource of the year. So if you're looking for different ideas, I want to let you know about that particular blog and several of the works that we think might be helpful for you in your ministry, or maybe you're thinking about a gift for someone else. And I would recommend that you check out that blog. And you can find out resources about biblical counseling that, that maybe you want to gift to someone. Maybe they're interested in counseling, uh, or maybe you just want to be an encouragement to them, and you would find some of these resources helpful. Uh, you can find out about those resources and many other resources at our website, biblicalcounseling.com.